Good to see you here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody's happy. Everybody's awake. And if you fall asleep on me, I don't mind either. Like I said before, people have fallen asleep when I'm preaching. And it doesn't bother me. Right, it doesn't. So if you want to go to sleep, go to sleep. I tell the Spanish class, when you fall asleep on me, it tells me that you trust me. It tells me that... Uh, 
you're not afraid that I'm going to steal anything from you. Because I know some of them work a lot of overtime. And when they take their wallet out, it's a real thick wallet. And I said, you're not too worried that I'm going to steal anything from you. So go to sleep, relax. As long as you don't, uh, as long as you don't uh, snore. Now, that would bother me. That would really bother me if you're snoring. I tell, I tell them this. I, I, I want to get like a, like a, a, what do you call it, a, a, a water gun. I want to get a water gun. So if I see anybody falling asleep, or I want to get like a big old fly swatter, big, long fly swatter, and if anybody's falling asleep, wake them up. I mean, that's what I feel like doing. I'm not going to do it, but it's good to be here. I, well, a long time ago, one of the Spanish class, I don't know how many years ago, it was a long time ago. He, he came out to me and he said, um, hey, Brother Rigo, uh, these people at work, they keep saying, uh, they keep saying to me, uh, what's the matter with you? you know, what's the matter with you, man? And he, he would always, uh, they would always tell me that. What do I say? What do I say to them? I said, uh, you're from Guatemala, right? Yes, I'm from Guatemala. He says, next time they, they say that to you, because it's kind of like a, a, an English custom to say, what's the matter with you? You know, like I, I told this Julio, I think it was Julio. I said, it's kind of like an English custom. They say, what's the matter with you? And you, you, you respond to them like this. You tell them, you're from Guatemala, right? Yes, I'm, I'm from Guatemala. Okay, you say this to them. What the matter with you? I said, just tell them that. They say, what's the matter with you? You respond back, what the matter with you? And everything's going to be okay, Julio. They, they won't get mad at you. They know exactly, exactly what you're saying. And that's how I teach English to some of my class. And as you can see, some of them are picking that up pretty well. I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed how well they pick it up. Some, some, of, them, some of them are almost trilingual. Huh? I'm serious. They speak, some of them can speak uh, Spanish. Uh, they, they speak their dialect, which is mom, sipacapa, uh, or another dialect, and plus they're, they're, they're doing pretty well on the English. So trilingual. I'm, I'm just having a hard time with my Spanish and English, but they're doing pretty good. I mean, trilingual. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that great, though? More people you talk to. And, and I told them, the more languages you learn, the more people you can talk to, of course, there's more responsibility. And, I, and of course, that's when, when some of them got a little worried about, you mean the more people we can talk to, the more languages, the more responsibility? I don't want to learn that. You know, you, you get to that point, I, I don't think I want to learn more languages. Because the more you learn, the more your people can talk to. I like what the pastor was saying about uh, marriage, you know, conversation and talking and all that. I remember, I remember when I was... Uh, Working in this factory, I worked a lot of a lot of hours. Come home, my wife would like, "How you doing?" And I'm like, mm, "You know, mm, okay." I mean, I, I worked 12 hours. It seemed like I, my vocabulary might be a little shorter than hers. So I come home, brother, and I was like, mm, "You know, mm. how, how was it?" Mm, you know, it's okay. Mm. And uh, I mean, I, I seemed like I used all my English vocabulary at work which what, maybe could be 25,000 words, and she still stays at home with the kids, you know? And uh, she, all she uses was goo-goo, goo-goo, gaga, gaga, you know? <laughs> so she still has all her vocabulary. 
I mean, all of it. And I'm done. I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm coming home. I'm like, mm, uh, you know, shrug my shoulders. But if she knew Spanish, I still had a lot of Spanish left. <laughs> but she doesn't know Spanish. You know, I, I was thinking, okay, so wh- what do I preach? What do I preach? I, I always, like, fight with it. Well, what, what is it? I mean, I, it, it's like somebody just told me, I got to fill big shoes, big feet. I said, why do I, why do I preach? Why do I preach? I mean, they, 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 we get very good stuff here. So I'm thinking, why do I preach? And then I, 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 was, uh, I was hearing the radio yesterday, or I don't know, I think it was yesterday. Ranger Bill. You, know, you, you heard that? The Adventures of Ranger Bill. And I was thinking, Ranger Bill. We used to hear that with our kids. But I... I'm thinking, okay, he, he, he was full of adventures, true, but nothing compared to uh, Paul the Apostle, the adventures of Paul the Apostle. I don't know if there's a, such a program for Paul the Apostle, the adventures of Paul the Apostle, but can you imagine the adventures of Paul the Apostle? I, I always wonder, sometimes I wonder, is that why John Mark maybe left? He, he, he abandoned the work, he left, because... Just think about all the problems, the trials, the persecution that were wherever they went. It, it was it was sure it, it was sure you're going to be in jail, you're going to be persecuted, you're going to be stoned. And I, I'm not saying that's why Paul or Mark, John Mark left. I don't know why he left, but but he left. Could it be because he was just so afraid? What was ahead in that city where they were going? Because if you were traveling with Paul the Apostle, for sure you were going to spend the night in jail. And, and who wants to spend the night in jail? I mean, one night in jail, two nights in jail. Nobody wants. Who, who wants to get stones thrown at him? I mean, nobody wants that. The adventures of Paul the Apostle. It's tremendous. I, I mean, I, I'm thinking I probably would have left too. If I was John Mark, if I was with them, I'm thinking maybe I would have left too. It's like sometimes we say, oh, if I was in the days of Christ, I would have believed it. I would have walked with him. How do you know? <laughs> How do you know? Maybe you would have been one of the ones who was yelling, crucify him, crucify him. How do you know? So we're living in great times right now. We're living in great times. Praise the Lord that we are here, ready to listen to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so... Let me pray. Father in heaven, we thank you again for your goodness, for your mercy, for watching over us and protecting us. And uh, be with Pastor and the staff that went with him. And I again thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. And I'm asking for help from heaven, not only for me, but for those who are hearing. Father, because they also need help to hear the word of God. So be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes I know for sure, for a fact, that just because somebody is preaching, or should I say, the congregation doesn't need help. The congregation also needs help to hear the word of God. Because I know when I'm sitting over there, I know your your mind gets distracted. It it wanders. It goes here, and it goes there. Sometimes it doesn't stay focused. It does not stay focused, so sometimes we get up, and we get nothing from it. Absolutely nothing from it. So we need help even though we're sitting down, just like here preaching. So I'm going gonna, 
I think a, a good place to start would be chap, uh, Acts. Let's go to Acts. The book of Acts. 28. Acts 28. Now, I'm sure that you've read this account of uh, Paul the Apostle, where he was in Jerusalem. He went to Jerusalem, and he got put in, uh, in jail, in prison. Somebody saw him, they grabbed him, and they put him in prison. Then he stands before, uh, he stands before uh, King Agrippa and Festus. He's given his testimony in chapters 26, 27. He's given his testimony of how, of how he saw the Lord Jesus Christ when he was going to a certain city, and he was given his great testimony. And then in, in verse, uh, or should I say in chapter 27, they're, they're in a ship because uh, they're going to Rome because he, he, he wants to be in front of the court or it was Rome and Caesar's court because they were going to try him in Jerusalem. And he said, no, I think I, I, I need to go to Rome. So that's what happens. He's going to Rome in a ship. And let's take it on uh, verse 28. 28 verse 1. This is what the Bible says. This is my water, I think. Nobody taking this water before? Okay. Not made in Mexico either, is it? I don't want no water from Mexico. I, 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 told, I told the Spanish class this also. Uh, because we get the corona, right? I said, uh, I said to them, this might be the only crown that you and I might win. If you don't know, Corona is crown. <clears throat> you know how there's five crowns, right, to win? I said, this might be a sixth crown we might win. I mean, I was joking with I know that. Because you know how we boast about, sometimes we say, oh, I can't wait to make it to heaven. I can't wait to make it to heaven. And then this happened, and nobody shows up. You know, you know what I'm saying? We, sometimes we boast, but we're so brave, we brave, we brave. And oh, I can't wait to make it to heaven. And then the Corona hits, and we're, we're, we're afraid. We're afraid. I, I said, I thought you wanted to go to heaven. Well, maybe not right now. <laughs> Chapter 28. I, I, I put a, a title on this, and, and the title that I put is More Than Conquerors. More Than Conquerors. And, and I, I was thinking one time, how can you be more than a conqueror? I mean, how can you be more than a conqueror? When you think about it, if you ever read the stories of, uh, of la, the, the conquistadores, how they conquered the Americas, uh, you say, how can you be more than a conqueror? That's impossible. I mean, I, I couldn't comprehend what the Lord was trying to tell me about being more than a conqueror. A, a conqueror, uh, the conquistadores, the conqueror, the, the Americas, they, 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 they conquered. Yes, they did conquer. And they conquered the booty, the loot. The, they took all the, the money, the gold, everything. They conquered the material world, right? They, they conquered the material world. But the Bible says that you and I are more than conquerors. And I'm thinking, in, in, in what way? In what way are, are we more than conquerors? So look at this. 837. Before I get to the message. Before I get to the message. More than conquerors. Romans. 
Romans 8. Eight, Romans eight. This is what this is what God said. In Romans eight thirty-seven, it says this. <clears throat> Romans eight thirty-seven. It says, "Nay, in all in all those things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us." But before that, before that, in, in thirty-five, he, he says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he goes on tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, uh, sword. And he gives you a, a longer list. And I started thinking, oh, I see, I see. That's why we're more than conquerors. Because a, a conquistador will only conquer the material world. But, but you and I have gone beyond that and conquer more. The spirit. Because the spirit that lives in you quenches or, or, or stops those, those lasciviousness, those concupiences that are in our bodies, that are in our, in, in our inner soul, that only the spirit can conquer, and no conquistador, no conqueror that, that doesn't know Christ can do that. That's why the Bible says we're more than conquerors. There's another one, too. There's another one. This one. Look, look at Proverbs. Are you with me or not? Okay, amen. I don't want you to fall asleep. Not yet. Look at Proverbs 16. 1632. 1632. It says this. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He that rules his spirit than he that takes a city. Conquistador. A conqueror. You're better than somebody who takes over a city, the Bible says. Because... The Spirit of God lives in you. Isn't that great, though? You're more than a conqueror. I don't think it ever hit you or never hit me either, but I started to see that there were more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That's why I label this more than conquerors through him that loved us. Because without Christ, you're just a conqueror. If you're a conqueror. But in Christ Jesus, we are more than conquerors because by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God that controls us, or that we, I should say, we should let Him control us. He can control all our passions that can get out of control, is what I'm trying to say, my friend. <clears throat> more than conquerors. And so, back to uh, Acts. Acts 28. So Paul the Apostle is in a ship. They get stranded. They get stranded in, the, uh, in a certain island. It says here in 28.1. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Milita or Melita to me. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. For they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. Three. And when Paul had gathered, had gathered a bundle of sticks, <laughs> that, that, that probably apostle. Here he is, cold and wet, and he's still out there serving. Cold and wet. It's cold and wet. I don't know what the other prisoners were doing. They were, maybe they were tied. Maybe they couldn't do anything. I think he got a little bit more liberty. But they were all loose, though. They had to swim or get on a board. 
But yet there he is, being a servant. He said, uh, it says here, gather bundle of sticks and lay them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. So a snake comes out, a viper. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hung on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt, this man is a, is a murderer. When, when though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. My, my, my first point is this. My first point is this. Uh, watch out for him. Watch out for him. Who? The venomous serpent. Watch out for him. The venomous serpent. Because the Bible says he's like a roaring lion. I, I'm talking about Satan, in, in case you don't know. He's a venomous serpent. And the Bible says he's like a, he, he's ready to devour. In Peter, 1 Peter 5, 8, the Bible says he's ready to devour. He's ready to, 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 to shoo you up and spit you out, Christian. You ever seen those animal shows where the lion just crouches underneath and is ready to eat, to, eat, to, to grab the, the last one and just tear him up? Too many Christians, too many Christians are, are asleep. We're sleeping. Instead of being vigilant and awake, sometimes we are like uh, Gideon's man. Remember, those, remember Gideon's man? He can only use 300 people, 300 soldiers in Gideon's army. A lot of them went home because they were scared, okay? Because that was the law of God. The law of God says you can ask those people, those soldiers, before we go to war, you can ask him, who among you is afraid? Go home. It was, it was a law that before you go, you ask those people. If, if anybody who, who betrothed a wife, you got a vineyard, you got a house, you haven't done, you haven't used it, you haven't eaten, you can go. Wow, can you imagine that? And that was the law for the United States of America for soldiers before they went to war. Hey, how many of you got married and, and uh, you want to go back? Well, a lot of people always say, we raise their hands. I'm not married, but I'm going to go back. How many of you plant a house or have a vineyard? Oh, everybody's going to raise their hand. There were people, people who were careless. There were soldiers who were careless, and he can only use 300. 300 people, even though they all wanted to be used, but God didn't use all of them, only 300 people. Isn't that sad, though? Christians who, who don't want don't to learn about soul winning. It's sad, though. It is so sad that they don't want to learn about soul winning. When, when they have classes in here, some of you have been probably safe for, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and you haven't led not one single person to the Lord. Shame, 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 shame. And honestly, if that's true, that is so shameful. Not one person to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible talks about the Samaritan woman. As soon as she received Christ, as soon as she understood about Christ, she went to the city and he, she told those people, isn't this, isn't this a Christ? Uh, he told me all things I, I ever did do. She didn't have no Bible. I mean, she, she, she didn't have no Bible college. Oh, I got to go to Bible college. No, no, you got your testimony. If you're born again, you have a testimony. But no. Not one person led to the Lord? That is so shameful. That is embarrassing. Someday you're going to stand in front of the Lord Jesus Christ. No crowns. No crowns to throw his feet. And, and, and no souls. Nothing. Because we were so focused on ourselves. 
That is so embarrassing. The venomous serpent, Peter says, like a roaring lion. He's a roaring lion. And he's ready to pounce on you and, and, and shoo you and spit you out. He's ready to do that. And this is what happened to Paul the Apostle. Listen, this, this venomous serpent is always opposing, always opposing God's plan. Look at Zechariah 3.1. Look at Zechariah 3.1. Zechariah. Zechariah 3.1. In Zechariah 3.1, it says this. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And who's there? The venomous serpent. And what is he doing? Resisting. At his right hand to resist him. I'm telling you that the, the venomous serpent is always going to be there. When you try to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ, he's always going to be there ready to resist. He's ready, ready to resist anything you want to do. He's going to try to stop you because that's what he does. He's trying to discourage you. And, and from what I see, from what I have seen in the few years that I've been preaching, in the very few years that I've been preaching, he has discouraged a lot of Christians. He has discouraged a lot of Christians. He is a venomous serpent. He's, he's opposing God's plan, but not only is he, is he opposing God's plan, look at uh, Exodus 1. Exodus, Exodus 1. In Exodus 1, uh, 1.13, Exodus 1.13, this is what the Bible says, Exodus 1.13, It says this, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. With rigor, it says the Bible. Look at, look, at, uh, look at 16. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in, in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. And all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. Imagine that. This is what Satan does. Before you came to Christ... And then after, if you let him. Because Satan can plant certain things in your head, in, in your head, in my head, in my heart, in your heart. But we don't have to take the bait. Because I, 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 would, I would see him, like you who like to go fishing, you use different kind of bait to catch certain kind of fish. So Satan throws bait out. He throws the bait out. And if it doesn't work the first time, he doesn't give up. He'll throw another different kind of bait. Until he catches you. Until we fall for it. He throws a lot of different kind of bait. Because he knows the human heart. And he says, okay, this didn't work. That's okay, I'm not going to give up. The Bible says he might leave you for a season. But that's only if you are under the, the, the mighty hand of God. <laughs> if, you, if, if you submit to God, he will flee. But it, what happens if you don't submit? He's constantly on you, trying to stop you, to discourage you, throwing different kind of bait, different kind of bait. And he knows that one of those baits, might, you might fall for it. And we have fallen for it. You, you, you know you have, and I know I have. Because we find ourselves sometimes asleep. Satan is out there. He's a venomous, he's a venomous serpent. 
He's always opposing God's plan. He's always oppressing God's people. He's doing that because that's what he knows how to do. He likes to do that. He hates God's people. The venomous serpent is opposing God's plan. He's oppressing God's people. But look at what he wants to do also. Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. In Isaiah 14, 13, it says this. 13, it says, this is, this is the devil, about the devil. For he said, uh, for thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. In 14, it says, I will ascend above the highs of the clouds. I will be like the most high. He wants to overtake God's position. He wants to take, he wants to take God's position. And, and, and you know what? <clears throat> maybe you and I <clears throat> are not maybe bowing down to Satan. Okay, maybe we're not bowing down to Satan because we know the, the, the true Lord. Jehovah God. But I, I saw this. I saw this on the news. You, you, know what, you know what's going on in Portland, in the state of Washington? All those riots and for, I don't know, how many days has been going on? Uh, 90, 100 days? I don't know. And I saw this police officer <clears throat> go up to one of, the, one of the looters, the rioters, and he said, uh, he was in his cruiser. He put the window down, and he said uh, to the looter, to the rider, I, I, okay, man, you win. You win, man. I, I give up. I, I give up. Uh, you win. And the, the, the rider came up to him and says, what do you mean, bro? What do you mean, bro? He says, I, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be a police officer. In a certain way, he was doing this to them. And when you and I as Christians, when, when you and I as Christians say, Lord, I give up. I, I've been coming to church. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired. And you, you're, you're doing this in front of Satan. You're giving up. You're bowing the knee to Satan. Even though you might not be actually doing it literally, I think that's what God sees when you do that. When I do that, when you do that. And there's a lot of Christians that have done that. They said, no more. That's it. I, I can't do it anymore. It's almost like Satan standing right in front of you because that's what you're doing. You're bowing the knee to Satan. When the Bible says, every knee should bow to who? To the Lord Jesus Christ. To the Lord Jesus Christ. I like what that police officer said also. When they told him to bow... Bend the knee. And he says, I don't bend the knee for nobody but the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I said, wow, amen. It was a state trooper. They were asking him to bow the knee. He says, I don't bow, I don't bow the knee but to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And it should be the same for us. Only to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't give up. That's what I'm trying to say. Because the, the venomous serpent, he, he's going to do everything in his power to try to discourage you, everything in his power. Whatever God allows him to do, he'll do it. He's going to be opposing God's plan. 
He's going to be oppressing God's people. He wants to overtake God's position. It's not going to happen, but he'll keep on doing it. Man, that, that's the kind of people we should be as Christian people. Never give up like he never gives up. A saint never gives up. He, he knows his end. He knows the end. But he doesn't give up. He just keeps on going. But some of us are almost ready to throw the towel. We're like uh, Roberto Duran when he was fighting, I think it was Sugar Ray Leonard. I don't know if you're into boxing. But Roberto Duran, they call him hands of rock, rock hands. But after a while, he, he got a terrible beating from Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran, Puerto Rican, said in Spanish, no mas, no mas, no mas. No more, no more, no more. Quit, gave up. Don't, let's not be those kind of Christians. Let's not be those kind of Christians. Wait, what is the old saying when the tough get going? The going gets tough, right? Or is it the other way around? When the top gets going, the tough can go. And I don't know what the rest of it says. You know what I mean, right? It's an American expression. I, I learn English from hearing you. Uh, yes, I do. I, I learned my, 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 I mean, I went to the best schools in the country. The public schools. Don't laugh now. You, 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 you did too. Well, a lot of you did. So, but still, I learn English by hearing other people speak. And, and I, something that always bugs me, doesn't bug me, but I, it's kind of weird, that you're in a conversation with somebody, and they're speaking, and they say this word, and they're just speaking, and you know, so I'm going to be going over there, so. And it quits right there, so. And I'm thinking, okay, there's more coming. Because when you say so, I think there's more coming, and there's nothing coming, and I'm waiting. My ears are open, and nothing comes. So, I say the same thing. You're expecting more, right? <clears throat> Listen, he's a venomous serpent. He's a venomous serpent, devil, opposing God's plan, oppressing God's people, overtake God's position. But, but wait a minute, there's more. Back to, back to Acts. Let's go to Acts. The adventures of Paul the Apostle. Oh, man, what adventures. How many of you would like to be with Paul the Apostle? I, I know I would. I don't know what I would do. I would run away, maybe, I don't know. That would be, man, that'd be great to be with him. Huh? Not too many want to. Huh? Acts, let's go to Acts. Acts 28. <clears throat> okay, let's continue with this adventure. Man, what, what an account. So, he gets bit by a snake. I remember, I remember this. I was out irrigating with my dad. I was maybe eight, nine, or ten. Take your pick. <clears throat> it was 68, 69, or 70, I can't remember. And he would take us out to his work because he was irrigating the cotton fields. And sometimes the cotton fields would be so high. He said he would come out of those cotton fields with a, with a, a snake wrapped around his leg. <clears throat> but here we were, irrigating the cotton fields. And I'm walking behind him. He's in front of me. And I see something on the ground. Red, orange, black, I think, red. 
I said, well, that's kind of weird or cute. I don't know if I say cute, but I picked it up, and I went like this. I said, I said is it plastic? And I said, Dad, look, Dad. He, he looks back, and he says, you dumb boy. And he whap with his hand. He knocks it out of my hand. It was a, it was a coral snake. I didn't know because I was a dumb boy. <laughs> and uh, now they tell me if red touches yellow. So. <clears throat> but, at, but at that time, I haven't met my wife. She was the one who told me that. She was the one, I think, who told me that. That if red touches yellow, you're a dead fellow. I said, oh, I didn't know that. The venomous serpent. Watch out for that venomous serpent. Because sometimes he looks, if I can use this expression, cute. Oh, you're so cute. Well, that's what he wants you to think that he looks so cute. He's dangerous. And he wants to devour you and kill you. Okay, let's read on. Let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, Acts 28. Acts 28. And I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read, uh, let's see, five. So he gets bitten, right? Five says this. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Stop right there. Did, I, I labeled the second point this. The first one was, watch out for him. Who? The venomous serpent. The second is this, be waiting for him. Who? The vengeance of God. The vengeance of God. Look at what it says here in 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 1. 2 Thessalonians 1. 17. Let's see. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7. 1, 7. That's what it said. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7. It says this. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and Obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Be waiting for him. Who? The vengeance of God. Listen, one day, one day, the Bible says that the wicked are going to be cast into a lake of fire. The Bible says, that, or should I say, that the wicked one is going to be cast into a lake of fire. One day the workers of iniquity are going to be cast into the lake of fire. One day the wrath of God is going to be poured out. There's a lake of fire. Just, just imagine this. If you were in the ocean, you were in the ocean, and the only thing you had to hold on to was a little tablet, a little, a little piece of wood, and you screamed, you yelled, you cried, you maybe gnashed your teeth, you scream on the top of your lungs, help me, help me. Night and day came, night and day came, and nobody was there to help you. Nobody was there to help you. 
Oh, Lord, please help me. Please get me out of here. And nobody was there to help you. Imagine being in a desert, which would be more natural to adapt to land. And you're screaming like the stories I hear about some other people that come here and they just, they die there. Help me, Lord. Oh, even if it's just the immigration, help somebody. Give me some water. Nobody there to listen to you. Night and day come, night and day come. Nobody there to listen to you. Imagine the lake of fire. I mean, we can't, right? Only from what's in the Bible. But do we dwell on it? Do we think about it? The lake of fire? There's no way that person can escape. No way. Nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to listen to you. You can cry all you want to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Get me out of here. Like that man in Luke 16. Oh, please send somebody to, to talk to, to, to my brothers. I got, I got some brothers. They need to hear the gospel. And nobody's going to listen to you. Because you're paying for your sins. Like John 8, 28 says. If you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. That's what, God, that's what Jesus said to the Pharisees or to the uh, Jewish people. If you don't believe that I am he, you're going to die in your sins. And then you're going to pay for your own sins. And you're going to stay in there forever. Try to get out if you can't, but you can't. Because you're going to have to pay for eternity. And, and God gives us so many opportunities. So many opportunities. So many opportunities to get saved. The, the, the last call in the Bible the last invitation in the book of Revelations. And, and, and the spirit and the bride say, come. If you, if you go to that place of, of hell, that, that lake of fire, you're going to remember. You're going to remember. You will remember that you had that invitation. And, and, and you said, I, I'll, I'll do it later. I got plenty of time. I will do it later. And that later never came. Never did come for that rich man. What a terrible place this is. Yet, yet to our shame, maybe not even one soul won. Not even one soul won after being a Christian for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. That is so shameful. I, I, I've been in front of judges when I was a, a teenager. For, for some wrong that I know I did, I could not look the judge in the eyes. How do you plead, Mr. Herrera? I could not look the judge in the eyes because I knew I was guilty. Now imagine standing before the Lord who, who is a consuming fire, whose eyes are a consuming fire. You're going to stand before him one day as a Christian to give an account. I, man, I can guarantee you that you and I will be ashamed. If we have shame, if we know we didn't do what we're supposed to do, we probably might not be able to look him in the eye because we were so embarrassed. We will be so, it will be so shameful. It'll be so shameful because we didn't do those things that we could have done, should have done. We didn't do them. That we will have so much blood on our hands. So much blood on our hands. I mean, I wish I could say like Paul the Apostle, uh, I'm clean, I'm innocent from your, all of your guys' blood. I can't say that. Maybe some of you can say that, but I cannot say that. I can't say that because there's people in my life that I could have talked to, I didn't talk to. I remember my cousin Constancio. I remember my cousin Ramiro. When we went to, we went to Arizona, there was an opportunity that I could talk to them. I didn't talk to them. I said, I'll wait. I'll do it later. And the lady never came around because they both died. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I don't think about it too often, but every now and then I think about it, that I had an opportunity 
I had an opportunity, and I didn't take that opportunity. And I'm sure it's the same for all of you. Opportunities missed to give, to give the gospel out, and we didn't do it. For some reason, we're afraid, pride, whatever. And the thing is, we have no excuse. Because anything you want to bring up, it's an excuse. It's just an excuse. And, and, and it won't wash. It, it won't do you any good when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Any excuse is no good. Because he has equipped us as, as soldiers. He has equipped us as soldiers that we are a well-equipped people for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are lacking nothing. We lack anything. We don't lack anything. Anything, everything that we need as a soldiers, we got it. Everything. But here he is. Be waiting for him. The vengeance of God. Just, it's something else though. Let me read it again. I like it. Acts 28. Five. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Just shook it off. Wouldn't it be great if you and I as Christians, when we are bitten like that, whatever happens, somebody bit us wrong. Satan sends somebody, some brother, an unsaved person, whatever, and, and, and he, he bit us. He did something to us. Wouldn't it be great if you could shake it off? <laughs> just shake it off. You know, just, just let, let it go. We're, we're dead in Christ. You know, don't, don't let it bother you. Like, like Lester Roloff said to Bobby Robertson, who Bobby Robertson said something bad, supposedly bad about him or to him. And he, Roloff, Roloff says, don't worry, Bobby. Don't worry, Brother Bobby. I'm dead. I'm dead. You can't hurt a dead man. Sometimes we carry those things for life, forever. <laughs> we carry them forever. We get bitten, and we don't shake it off. We still got that thing hanging from us, from our, from our nerve. That's terrible, isn't that? Christian people. The vengeance of God. The wicked one is going to be cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20. I'm sure you read it. It talks about him being cast into the lake of fire. 2010, Revelations. Twenty ten, and twenty ten it says this, and he uh, twenty ten twenty ten. I'm at twenty ten. Nope. Twenty ten says this, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. He's he's not in he's not in the lake of fire right now, like some people think. Like I hear in the Spanish community when I was living over there, <clears throat> it seemed like they, they, seemed like they glorified the devil more than, than the Lord Jesus Christ. They gave more credit to the devil than to the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I remember reading in a paper or somebody was telling me about that there was like a big old dance in Mexico. So there was, it was full, it was crowded with a lot of people. And then somebody shouted, The devil! The devil. And people just started running out. Stomping over people, hitting people. Just running out. Somebody screamed, the devil. The devil! And everybody starts running out of this dance hall. It turns out it was a guy named the devil, and he was out looking for his girlfriend. Ain't that something, though? How, how we give so much credit to the devil. Not enough to the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the devil, yeah, he's a, he's a strong spirit. But he, he, he can't do anything against you when God is your protector. 
But someday he's going to be in the lake of fire. He's going to be cast into the lake of fire. And then it says this in Luke 13. Luke 13. Luke 13. It says this. 1327. 1327, it says this. But he shall say, but he shall say, I tell you, I know you not. Whence are you? Whence are you? Whence are you? I'm sorry. I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all your workers of iniquity. Someday they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. The wicked one, the workers of iniquity, and the wrath of God in Revelation 61 is going to be poured out. All those who don't want nothing to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope all of you who are sitting here, I, hope, I really hope that you are all born again saved. Not, not this maybe, I think so, I hope so. Like we talk to some of those people when we go to, uh, <clears throat> when we go to uh, Dover, Maslin, or other places. We show them what the Bible says, and they say, well, yeah, 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 it says that, but nobody can know. Only God knows. Well, yeah, that's true, God knows, but you can know. These things I have written to you that believe in the name of God, so you may know, that you may know. It's talking to you, so you may know. Oh, well, no, I mean, nobody can know. Then you don't believe the Bible, then. Do, do, do you know? I mean, do you know that if you were to die tonight, you would go to heaven? Do you know? Amen? Do you know that if you was to die tonight, right now, you wouldn't be saying like the rich man, oh, send somebody to my house. Do you know that? Amen or amen? Another, another expression I tell the, the, the Spanish class. Do you know this? Amen? When I'm talking to the Spanish class, I, I say the same thing I say to them. It's, it's, it's amen or all men. And of course, they don't understand the expression, but I say, oh man, it's like an ex- American expression. When something is not good, you don't like it, you say, oh man. It's either amen or all men. We, we can't know. And, and, and once you know, nobody, nobody should be able to move you from what you believe. Amen. Nobody should be able to move you. Nobody should be able to move you from what you believe. According to the Bible, what you believe in the Bible. But if you don't know, hey, settle it. The lake of fire is eternity. It's forever. Nobody's going to throw you a lifesaver to get out. You're in there forever. The opportunity to get saved is right now. Right now. Because don't be boasting. Well, you know how we are. We like to boast. We bo- we're boasters. No, no, I'll, 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 later, later. How do you know you're going to get a later? How do you know? You're boasting then. We're boasting. Watch out for him. Who? The venomous serpent. He's opposing God's plan. He's oppressing God's people. He wants to overtake God's position. Be waiting for him. Who? The vengeance of God. The wicked one, one day cast into the lake of fire. Workers of iniquity cast into the lake of fire. The wrath of God shall be poured out. The last one. Let's go back to Acts 8. Acts 28. 
In Acts 28, it says in, uh, in 6, so he gets bit by a serpent. He shakes it off. No biggie. <laughs> no biggie. How many of us would, bro, actually, <laughs> how many of you like snakes? Nobody likes snakes, I don't think. I remember my mom one time opened a door when we were living in Arizona. And I was at the time, that was like 1970. So it was still a lot of desert. It was still a lot of desert. So if you was to walk outside, it's a pretty good chance you can see a rattlesnake. And she walked out of there and she saw, she saw a snake in the front porch, staying up like this, hissing. Of course, we heard her scream, Ah! Not ah like that, but you know. And we were having breakfast, and I said, Mom, what happened? And it reminded me of this after I, after I, I looked real quick and she screamed. It reminded me of uh, that show that married Tyler Moore. I don't know why weird thinking of mine, but it reminded me of Mary Tyler Moore when she, Mary Tyler threw her hat up and it stayed up there. And that's what it reminded me of my mom. She just stayed up in the air. <clears throat> she was screaming so loud. A big old snake. I looked at it. It's like, a, whoa, I didn't want to kill it either. It's huge. Snakes. I don't like them. Do you like them, brother? Oh, wow. Snakes, man, they're terrible. Look at this one. 28. 28. 28.6. Remember, it's the uh, more than conquerors. 28 and 6, it says this. How be it? Those people, they were looking, and when he should have swollen, the people were looking from that island. They were looking. Or falling down, dead, suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, it, it, somebody's looking, huh? Somebody's always looking. You might not think nobody's looking, but somebody's looking. Like my mom says, oh, there's, there's eyes for everything. That's what my mom would always say. I say, oh, mommy, nobody knows. Nobody can see. There's eyes for everything. Mijo. He said, oh, mijo, there's eyes for everything. Everybody, somebody's looking. Christian, somebody's looking. I, I remember when we used to live uh, in Hartville. And across from us lived my uh, state insurance guy, my agent. <clears throat> one, one, one where we leave, go to church on Sunday, Wednesday. One time I... I remember he said to me, I see you guys leave every Sunday. I said, you go to church, huh? Yeah. Wednesday, huh? Yeah. I said, I see you. I see you leave. I said, I see you leave. I told my wife, wow, he's, he's looking. He's seeing that. This, this, this is our insurance agent who owns the company, he's, he's looking. He's seeing. Somebody's seeing you. Whether you believe it or not, somebody's looking at you. So here are those, those people. 28, 6, 28, 6, when they looked, when he should have swollen or fallen down, dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, oh, he's a God. I labeled this last point this. Be walking with him. That's the victorious Christian. The victorious Christian. In Amos 3.3, 3, it says this. Can two walk together lest they be agreed? God said that, right? 
and he wrote it in English. And I, I started thinking, my mind, the, the cogwheel started rolling, and I'm thinking, God said, if, can, can we walk with him unless we agree with him? So I started kind of like making it more simple for me. Any time I don't agree with God, I'm not walking with him. As simple as I can make it. Anytime you and I are not agreeing with God, we're not walking with him. It, it, there's no ifs, no buts about it. Because I met people who never go to church. They're Christians. They used to go to church. They stopped going to church. And then you meet them. And, uh, oh, praise the Lord Jesus. It's so good. It is true. So great. How, how you doing? We're great. We're doing great. But they never go to church anymore. And I'm thinking, you haven't read Amos 3.3? Amos 3.3? You haven't read it? Unless you are agreeing with me, I'm not walking with you. And, and I think about this. I think about this. And, and, and I'm talking about our walk. The victorious Christian. I'm talking about victorious in his walk. And, and who, you know who comes to mind as soon as I think about walk? Enoch. He walked with the Lord 300 years. you believe that? Well, it's written in the Bible. You better believe it. 300 years he walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it blows me away. Because, okay, I think about this. Okay, so I've been a Christian maybe 30 years. And out of those 30 years, how many have I walked, actually walked with the Lord? Has it been 30? Nah, no. Nope. I wish I could say yes. But I think you know I'll be lying. What about you? I mean, you've been, say, what, 20 years? Out of those 20 years, how many have you been walking with the Lord? Up and down. The Bible says that Methuselah started, after Methuselah was born, Enoch started walking with the Lord. He was 65, and don't see he walked with the Lord for 300 years. 300 years. Think about this. That means he agreed with the Lord for those 300 years. Enoch, go to church. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I'll go to church. Hey, Enoch. I know there was no Bible, but Enoch, read your Bible. Yes, sir. Hey, Enoch, pray. Yes, sir, I'm praying. Hey, Enoch, are you winning souls? Yes, sir, I'm winning souls. Hey, Enoch, are you tithing? Yes, sir, I am. Comprende? But sometimes we, we think we're okay with the Lord, and we disagree in, in certain things. Oh, yes, yes, my, my, my walk with the Lord is tremendous. It's awesome. And, and then we, we fail doing this, doing that. And, and God says, unless you agree with me, I'm not walking with you. You, you, you married? Let there be a disagreement between you and your wife. Let's, let's see how long it lasts. I mean, a disagreement that constantly happens can happen for 300 years. <laughs> if you live that long. But just disagree. Let her disagree and you disagree. Constantly disagreeing. No, I don't believe this. We should do it this way. No, I don't believe we should do it this way. How long it will be before you, you're not walking together? I don't think it's going to last too long, right? I mean, I don't think it will. Is that why divorce happens? God says, I want you to agree with me. He doesn't have to agree with me. I have to agree with him. Right? Amen. I have to agree with him. He, he doesn't have to agree with me. Walking victoriously. That, that was Paul the Apostle. Man, that, that was Paul the Apostle. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain, he says. 
<laughs> for us, sometimes, for me to live is to go to the smorgasbord, the buffet. Comprende? Oh, for me to live is go to the buffet, the China buffet. Ooh, delicious over there. And then I'll die afterwards. That might be our thinking sometimes. But to say for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, I, I don't think we think too much about it. Because sometimes, sometimes our, our steaks, you know how they used to use steaks back then? Uh, ten steaks, and the ten steaks were so huge and big, they got to put them way down to the ground. And I heard some preachers say, don't, don't put your steaks too down to the ground, Christians. We're, we're pilgrims. We're just going through. <laughs> because then it's hard to get them out. I don't know if you've ever gotten a steak out. It's really hard to get them out. And that's what we do sometimes. We, we get our big, long steak and put it way down to the ground like we're never going to leave this earth. And we don't see ourselves as pilgrims. You know, we, we don't. Not, not pilgrims anymore. We're, we're here to stay. <laughs> Walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. Victorious Christian in his walk. How about this one? First John. First John. First John. First John 5. 4. First John 5, 4. It says this. For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus Christ, or Jesus is the Son of God. So, victory in his walk and victory in the world. We got it. Because we have believed in Jesus Christ. We got that victory. He is there to help us. He will help us. He will guide us. Victory in the world. Victorious in our walk. Like Paul the Apostle. All the persecution, all the trials, he didn't give up. He kept on going. He didn't throw in the towel. Like you hear about Christians just throwing in the towel. Like a preacher or an evangelist would come, uh, and, and then he says, I don't see the, the same people that I, I, I used to see when I used to come here. Because for, for some of them, they, 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 they become demons. They, they become demons, has forsaken me, uh, loving this present world. And they go on to the world. The, the world that gave you so much rigor, hardship, and, and we go back. Figure that one out. I, I, I can't figure it out, but it, it does happen. They go back into the world. When the world never treated them right or good, there they go. That's insane. The venomous serpent throwing a whole bunch of bait, and, and they took it. They took it. The victorious Christian, he's victorious in his walk, victorious in the world. And then I leave you with this last one. Look at Ephesians. Ephesians uh, 6. In Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians 6.10 says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Oh, 8.28. I, I don't work tonight. I work third shift. So I'm like, ah, relax. I don't have to be at work. And I know you're saying, yeah, well, you might not have to be at work, but we got things to do. <laughs> 828. 
who's up there? I always wonder who's up there. Mysterious. It, it, it distracted me, I'm sorry. Eight twenty um, six ten six ten six ten says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take you, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able, that you may be able to withstand in the, in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with the truth and having on the, the, the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplications. Tell me this. If you were a soldier in the military, and you're in a foxhole, and the guy next to you jumps in, he forgot his helmet, forgot his rifle, forgot his pistol, his uh, hand grenades, he forgot everything. And he had no shoes on. He had no shoes on. Okay, he had no shoes on. And you look at him, What's wrong with you, brother? And it was the same guy. It was the same guy. You were in the foxhole maybe a month ago. And the same deal happened too a month ago. He forgot everything. He's, he's, a, he's a soldier. He forgot his gun, his rifle, a pistol, everything. He forgot everything. No shoes, no helmet, nothing. I didn't have time. I, I just, it was in a hurry. So I, and he jumps in there with you. And the enemy is coming towards you. And he says, what are you going to do now? And he starts grabbing rocks. I mean, rocks are okay if that's all you got. But God has equipped us with a lot. He's given us the whole armor. And many times you and I are so guilty of getting up in the morning and not putting out the armor. Because we're in a hurry. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. You get up in a hurry. No time to pray. You just grab your lunch. And because sometimes you go, you go, you go to sleep mad. You wake up mad, no? So you grab your lunch and you probably are so mad you still kind of tap your wife here in the back because you're so mad at her and you kiss the dog goodbye and you leave. <laughs> but I might be exaggerating but that's how sometimes we live our lives as Christian people. It, it's only <laughs> Lord help me thank you you're being so good to me oh I love you bye I go vamonos and as you're running, she hangs you, hey, she hangs you, she gives you the burrito. You eat the burrito, you're running, you jump in the car, and you took somebody else's car. <laughs> That's how sometimes I think we live our, our Christian life. Always in a hurry and never put on the armor. We never put it on. Because suddenly we're always in a hurry. And then we lose all those battles. Yeah, the war's won. I mean, we know, we know the end. But there's still little skirmishes, little, little battles that we need to win. And we don't win them. And then we're whining and crying. Hello, what's going on? You didn't put the, you didn't put the armor on. So th this is my, my last thing. He, he's victorious in his walk, victorious in the world, and victorious in warfare. Because we're in a battle. In a battle, you, you're going to get hurt. There, there's going to be people wounded. But we need to put on the armor. 
before we leave the house. We, we, we don't want to hide because we're, we don't want to be called cowards. It reminds me of this story about these soldiers who were showing their wounds and their cuts. Hey, look at this, look at this. Cut everywhere, face, legs. And there was one soldier who didn't have no cuts, nothing. That's because he hid. He was hiding from the battle. And I believe there's also some Christians that are hiding from the battle. They have no wounds to show, spiritual wounds. They're hiding from the battle, and they're not showing up for soul winning or whatever. They're not showing up. They're hiding. And I'm telling you, God is not pleased with that. He's not happy with that. But you know what? All I said, all I said, again, it's, it's all in vain if, if you're not born again. <laughs> Everything is in vain for you if you're not born again. If, if you haven't been born again, you need to be born again. We were born once physically. Now you need to be born again spiritually. And only the Spirit of God can do that. The Bible says repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on a cross for your sins and my sins. And we are sinners. In case you don't know that. Man, we're terrible sinners. All the way down to the bottom of your soul. We're, we're sinners. And if you haven't received Christ your Savior, nothing good awaits you. But the only thing that awaits you is the lake of fire. You, you've already said you've been born again. What about as a Christian? What are you doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? It's all you do every Sunday, Wednesday, is just warm up the seats. Is that all you do? Every Sunday you come, you say that you stand in the same one because it's molded to you now. Of so many years you sit in it. And I'm telling you, that's not enough. But but by the word of the Lord, but it's his grace is not enough. You need to do more than that. Just sitting in the same chair and saying a, a hallelujah, amen, glory to God. It's great, it's fine. But where are the souls you're going to present to the Lord Jesus Christ? Where are the souls? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And, and, and okay, no door knocking right now. But there's streets. There's, there's the supermarket. There's the gas station. And that's why I keep the, the, the boys in the Spanish class going to Maslin, Dover. And there's another place I want to take him to called Celeryville. They say there's a big population of people that we can go talk to. But we need to do something. We can't use this as an excuse not to do nothing. We cannot use this as an excuse not to do nothing. Let's, let's stand. Sister Jen playing the piano. <clears throat> Listen. I had the same question I asked the Spanish class. I ask you, with your eyes closed, your, your heads bowed, if you was to die tonight, let's hope it doesn't happen, but if you was to die tonight, how many of you can raise your hands with a confidence that can only come from God and say, Brother Rigo, if I was to die tonight, I know that I know, you can play, sister. I know that I know that if I was to die tonight, I would go to heaven. I know that. Can you raise your hand? Don't be ashamed. Raise it up. Raise it up. Amen. I see the hand. Amen. Take it down. Take it down. How many of you right now, right now, say, brother, I, I don't have that confidence. You can put your hands down. I, I don't have that. I don't have that confidence. I, I wish I did. I, I wish I had that confidence, but I don't have that confidence. 
can, can somebody show me from the Bible how I, I can get that confidence? Does anybody want it? Does anybody want to know how to get that confidence? Anybody want that confidence? You are all witnesses. You can, you, you can open up your eyes. You can look up here. All witnesses. Nobody raised their hand. That means we're all born again. We're all saved. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. Again, what are we doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? Really, what are we doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? Think about this. What are we doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? Listen, if you want to come to the altar, you can come to the altar. And I'll stop it after a while. Nobody shows up, I'll just pray. 